I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, Please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Next Move Group. We are Jobs podcast. This is your host, Chuck Sexton, CEO of Next Move Group. I am joined today by one of our clients, Robbie Baylor in Preston County, West Virginia. And we're sitting in a really awesome place. I'm going to ask her about that too. So anyway, Robbie, thank you for having us. Well, thank you for being here. Well, it's always fun, the travel that we get to do and seeing new places. And uh, Robbie and I, right before we hit record, I was going to tell her about what what I thought of the town. And um, because we see so many places, and I'm really interested to see what your folks are going to say tomorrow about Kingwood, because it seems like everywhere we go, everybody's a little down on themselves when they don't they don't necessarily have to be. And your downtown area is beautiful. It's clean. The streets are really wide. Why are they wide so wide like that? I Any particular know, reason? I don't know the answer to that <clears throat> other than um, you know it's West Virginia. We get trucks including lumber and coal trucks through. yeah so you know maybe they were built that way for the for the truck traffic that we get yeah well it, it just struck me that how wide they were around the court square yes. which allows for a lot of parking yes. it looks like there's a lot of businesses downtown small businesses there's also good signage i noticed uh, as you're going through town and a lot of towns the size of kingwood don't even have the signage so um is there the, the thing that I noticed too is as you're coming into downtown, there's commercial developments. You got McDonald's, you've got Walgreens, you've got other commercial developments kind of supporting the downtown. Do you feel like that drives people downtown more? I think it does. And of course, it doesn't hurt that the courthouse is downtown. So, you know, that automatically drives people downtown yeah. uh, for the business that has to happen at the courthouse. But yeah, I think some of those anchor businesses help drive people through, through downtown. We've noticed over the past, Five to ten years, the, the traffic counts through downtown are picking up. So, oh, really? So, yeah, we're getting more traffic through downtown. Hmm. That's a good thing. I noticed you have a little Christmas festival coming up in this park up the road here. Is there something special that goes on with it? There's a, it said there was a Christmas thing on December the 3rd, Christmas in the park. 
It was right, right between the hotel and downtown. Oh, that is, it's not in the park. It's the town bazaar. It's the oh, that's Christmas right. Bazaar. bazaar, yeah. It's Christmas bazaar, so all the local artisans set up so you can go buy neat Christmas gifts for people that you don't get everywhere else. So Shop local, handcrafted. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that is in a lot of people. So December 3rd, there will be two in Kingwood, um, one at the Civic Center, and then there will be another one at the Fireman's Building. And then a lot of the local churches also piggyback off that mm. date. So if you want to shop local in Kingwood, that's the day to do it. I think that's really awesome. Stuff, yeah. That's a great idea. I don't, I'm not, I don't think I've seen a town do something like that. Yeah. Not re recently, I haven't. I've seen towns, that'll, they'll have little Christmas um, festivals and they'll do parades. And I even know one that they only have one alley in the whole town. <laughs> what they do is they, they shut down that alley. Nothing to shut down because it's only it's just between some buildings in their downtown but they create Dickens Alley and they have local people dress up in Dickensian wear and old English and they roast pigs and all that stuff. And you know, that's a pretty cool thing, but I've never seen anybody do a Christmas bazaar where it really drives people to local artisans. I yeah. think that's really cool. Yeah, it does. And we do have the Christmas parade later in the month to go along with it. So gotta do that too. Well, yeah, you gotta have the Christmas. You have the, the fire truck that comes down through with Santa Claus on it and everything still. I'm not sure if he's going to be on a fire truck or in a horse-drawn carriage. Uh, I like the horse-drawn carriage better, by the way. Yeah. I think that's better. Yeah, and then we go uh, light the Christmas tree and hand out presents to all the kids who uh, came to the parade. That's awesome. There was a, a friend of mine, Brad Hall, um, which a Appalachian Power Company doesn't cover your territory here, but uh, he's the VP for them, and he just did the Christmas train. And it goes from Pikeville, Kentucky to Kingsport, Tennessee. And they get on the Christmas train and they go and give presents to kids at, I don't know, I think it's like 10 or 12 stops between Pikeville and Kingsport. I think that's a really neat thing to do, too. We always try to try to give, pick a family at least every year and sponsor them. So it's that time of year, folks. By the way, if you don't have anybody picked out, I want to encourage you, because not everybody is fortunate at this time of year, find somebody and get them some presents. Because I grew up poor as dirt, and I sure would have loved somebody to sponsor me when I was a kid. So... <laughs> Um, so tell me, Robbie, how long have you been doing economic development here in Preston County? I started in 1998 as a shared employee between the Chamber of Commerce and the Economic Development Authority. Just back and forth all day long? Back and forth, <laughs> doing what was needed. Um, I moved up into grant writing. Mm. And from grant writing in 2005, I took over as the director, and I've been the director since 2005. So I've had to deal with a lot of grants myself. Is there one in particular, like, super proud of that you accomplished? I think probably the best one is, uh, and it's one we're just finishing up, as a matter of fact. We got $3 million to build broadband in Preston County. Oh, wow. So that one, that makes a difference for so many Oh, yeah. People. Is it is it middle mile or is that last mile? That is last mile. That <clears throat> That's is, great. That is fiber to we built a little over 100 miles of broadband. Oh wow! Who's the service provider that'll be on that? Uh, Prodigy. Yeah. That's a Preston County company. We're really focused on Preston County. Now, did that was that ARPA funding? Was it AML or was it USDA. ARC? USDA. Okay. USDA. All right. Um, 
don't know if I know anybody that's used USDA for one of those projects. USDA. That's very interesting. Was it a um, was there a particular grant fund for USDA? It's called a Community Connect, mm -hmm. and it requires a uh, a match, obviously. So, uh, was it a 50-50 or 80-20? It was a 85-15. Oh, well, okay. We're close. <laughs> Ivy's done it. Ivy just joined us, by the way. Uh, to set the stage for the audience of the podcast, we're at the Appalachian. It is a beautiful hotel. They have awesome suites um, right here in the, just on the outskirts of Kingwood near the Walmart. And um, Ivy had to run over to Walmart, but she's here with us now. We're just talking about grants. And so uh, Robbie was telling me she got $3 million dollars to do last mile broadband. That's amazing. Here in the so, um, what would you say is one of your biggest goals as economic developer going forward in this community? You know, every time in economic development, we talk about creating jobs, but right now we're in, the, we're in this really uh, awkward place where we need to find people to fill the jobs. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a combination of, you know, we want to keep creating jobs. We want to create good jobs. We, we know you need service industry, but you know, to support a family, you need the good paying jobs with benefits, and we want to create those. But we also have got to focus on finding people to find, fill the jobs that are open. You know, I go out and talk to, to our manufacturers, and I hear, you know, we could hire 20 more people if we could find 20 more people. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's kind of a dual pronged approach. Um, one of the other things we really focus on here, you know, we're, we're all we're West Virginia, we're still building infrastructure. We're building water, we're building sewer, we're building broadband, we're building gas. So we, we do spend a good bit of time working on the infrastructure. Well, that's important <laughs> because I'm, I mean, I personally, I've, I've been in areas where, you know, it wasn't worked on for a long time and there's aging infrastructure, bailing infrastructure. I know a town that still had some water pipes that were made of wood. And <clears throat> you would think at some point that somebody would have replaced those and they've gotta be leaking, I don't know. <laughs> but at any rate, that's a good thing to be focused on. Um, what, what do you feel are driving some of the issues of finding workers in your community? Um, I think in our community, quite honestly, um, Morgantown is very, very close. And there are a lot of jobs in Morgantown. Coupled with that, we've got uh, Fairmont close by. And there again, you know, you've got a lot of jobs. So people have choices. Yeah. Do they want to work here where they might make a little less or do they want to drive a little bit more? And make a little more. Make a little more. Yeah. yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my buildings and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So what sense did it make for me to not put my bills and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my bills and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook. It walks you through 
how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most, it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other buildings and sites, databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo and see if this can help your community have more success. Do you see childcare availability as an issue, possibly? Yes, we do. And one of the things that I heard recently was that um, the regulations in West Virginia make it really, really hard to open a childcare facility. So I think that's one thing that you know, statewide we're going to have to look at is, mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't want to create a barrier we don't need to create. Yeah. I mean, we want qualified, educated people taking care of our children, but at the same time, we don't want to make it impossible for them to go into business. Yeah. It can be too lax, but at the same time, it can be too stringent. Right. And we've seen a lot of states, uh, you know, as we're doing strategic planning around the country, there are state level organizations and, and state governments who are putting money specifically into childcare and into housing development. Has, has that been an issue here at all, housing? Housing is somewhat of an issue. Um, kind of the mid-level housing is what we're missing. Yeah. The, the, the housing that a, a working family can, can afford is getting harder to find. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where, you know, if you want a million dollar house, half a million dollar house, we can probably find that. If you want a old fixer-upper, we can probably find that, but it's that middle ground that's it's really getting difficult. Yeah, and you know, I've talked to a few people about this, and I'm, I'm working with a developer to, to have him on the podcast. He's a very busy guy, but I want him to get on the podcast with us and really talk about, is, is, it, is it just a function of the economics of developing middle-income housing? You know, what would be driving it? And so I want him to discuss those issues and, and really get to the bottom as someone who develops housing uh, to tell me why that's happening everywhere. Because it's not just here. It's not just West Virginia. It's not just Kentucky, Ohio. It's everywhere. It is. And, and you know, we do hear that, that the, you know, we all know the cost of everything is up right now. And that includes the cost of building supplies. So I think that certainly helps feed into it. Yeah. What's it like having to be right here next to Maryland? You ever have any issues working uh, projects or anything like that, being right on a state state line? We get along very well with economic development people across the state line. You know, we talk to them a lot. That's um, good. Yeah, on the Maryland side, Pennsylvania side, because we are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we are. <laughs> I don't hear too much out of Pennsylvania people, but Mar and and quite honestly, the the county next to us in Maryland is Garrett County. Yeah. And we are very, very similar to Garrett County. Mm -hmm. um, the population is close, the demographics are close. Um, so we have a lot in common. Um, the one thing that they have that we don't have is um, a big lake that creates a tourist area. Yeah, yeah. I've driven by that one quite a bit, actually. Um, Garrett County is a former executive search client of ours, right? That's what I thought. Um, well, I know I, I, we deal with a lot of places who are on borders, and I hear usually it runs the gamut. Sometimes it's like everybody's trying to stab each other in the back, 
And then other times it's we actually work close together and it doesn't surprise me you don't hear much from Pennsylvania though. <laughs> They're mostly Dutch over there. I'm saying that because Ivy's got family in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do. Part Pennsylvania. <laughs> so um, what would you say is if someone were to come and visit your community, what's like one thing they need to make sure they do while they're here? I don't know that there's one answer because it would depend on what they like to do. I mm. mean, if they're outdoorsmen, I'd say you need to raft the river. Mm. We have some class five rapids at times of the year. So if you're an avid outdoorsman, hit the river. Yeah. If you're into historical tourism, go to Arthurdale. You know, it's a New Deal community. One, mm -hmm. of, one of the few that were started by Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, lots of neat stuff to see there. Depends on what you want to see. Well, I, I mentioned to Ivy as we were coming around, coming around the mountain into downtown. I told her, I said, you know, we've been in a lot of mountain communities. And there's not a lot who have views like this. That big open valley, but then you have that elevation on the other side, and I think it's gorgeous. We talked about downtown, some of the things we noticed coming through town with the commercial development going in. And, and there's a lot of communities who I think have shot themselves in the foot a little bit where they push their commercial development away from their downtown onto a bypass or a four lane or something, and their downtowns have suffered because of it. And I think because of the way Kingwood especially is situated and the traffic you have coming through there with the commercial development, it naturally you would have your downtown looks great and the roads are clean and you've got good signage. And I think there's communities who overlook how important that is um, because as we go and roll into the future, it's going to continue to be about people and workers and workforce and quality of life. A nice, clean place to live is going to continue to be very, very important. Have you all seen, because I know there's some communities you have, have you all seen a, maybe an influx of some people from the Northeast who are moving? Have you had heard from realtors? Well, I've got these people from New York or California or whatever. We've heard from realtors that the housing market is really good. Houses just aren't staying on the market very long. Mm. Um, and they have been being contacted from all over the place. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Morgantown is one of the communities in the Ascend program, the Ascend West Virginia program, where they are paying people yeah. to come and live and experience West Virginia. So I think we are seeing a little bit of, of you know, they filled 500 spots, but they had 50,000 applications. Oh my gosh. So, oh my gosh. So, those people were at least interested in West Virginia. And so, I think some of those people who made the trip are going, hey, maybe they don't have to pay me to come here. Maybe yeah. I'll come here on my own because this is a pretty neat place. Hmm. So you have to be only certain communities qualified for the Ascend program. Right, they've done three three communities so far and they're getting ready. I think they announced the fourth one either late this week or next week. Okay. So, so the fourth community is, is getting ready to be announced. Well, she probably knew that because I know we've talked about the Ascend program, but she's the one that researched the Ascend program as we were doing some things in some other states and communities because mm -hmm. we said, hey, West Virginia's got this program yeah. and she did all the research on it. So. That's really interesting, but you could certain I could certainly see you having a spinoff from Morgantown being an Ascend 
community. Were they the Ascend community this past year? They were the first. They were the first one. Oh, okay. They were the first one. That makes sense, though. Really, if you think about the location of Morgantown and where you think you would draw people in, um, being right up here in this northeast corner of the state. Well, and, and Morgantown's very diverse because of the university being there. Yeah. So, you know, for people who want that diversity, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Tell me about where we're going tomorrow for our meeting. We are going to Camp Dawson for our meeting tomorrow. <laughs> um, Camp Dawson Army National Guard Base has been in Preston County for over 100 years. Oh, wow. And it is a uh, training facility. And while it is a Army National Guard, West Virginia Army National Guard base, they do train people from all over the state and the mm. world. Because there's an airstrip, right? There's a small airstrip there. Okay. There's a small airstrip there. So um, they have, over the last, I'm going to say 15 years, really put a lot of money into upgrading that facility. Mm. And the largest hotel in West Virginia is now on that facility. Oh, really? Yes. What hotel is it? It is the Camp Dawson National Guard. Hotel. That's, hotel. A, that's what we call it. And, <laughs> it's the exact name of the place. And it is for uh, military, ex-military, uh, reservists. Anybody with the, that um, designation can stay there. Hmm. Now, if they're in some kind of lockdown because of the national security level, Yeah. Yeah. most of the time, as long as you've got the military credentials, you can stay there. Oh, that's cool. Any, any military credentials, any not just West Virginia. Okay. So I got a lot of friends who like to travel yes. that are all former military. Yes. And so that'll be something I mentioned to them. And, and it's very affordable. Oh, really? <laughs> affordable. Well, it should be. I mean, you know, be. for yeah. military veterans. I, uh, I was just interested in it because when we were kind of looking, uh, we got here and we were looking at the map of, okay, we need to run here and check this thing out. And I wanted to drive through downtown. And then I saw the airstrip and I said, that's where our meeting's at tomorrow. That looks really cool. And there's a place called Liberty Tavern next door, which just sounds like America to me. So. And it's right next to the country club. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We talked about the country club a little bit. Yeah. I am interested. We're, are we going to get to see that tomorrow? If we get a chance, yeah, okay. Um, well, good. Well, look, uh, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, you brought us in here to, to work with you on your strategic plan. We're looking forward to getting things going tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing more of the community first thing in the morning and then uh, doing a little education training and visioning tomorrow afternoon. So, um, you know, if there, is there anything else you'd like to add about Preston County before we wrap up? Great place to live. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to going into uh, the hitching post here and getting. Uh, getting some dinner and um, then going back to my, my very nice room and getting some work done this evening. So I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you all uh, next time on the next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast.